Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. For anyone that has ever been in any type of study, whether it's taking a driving test, whether it's at school taking a regular test for math or English, or any type of class or course, or whether an individual is going to take a test for passing his mat, uh, medical exam or board, uh, or uh, a lawyer taking their test, or an engineer, who, whatever it is, we are only tested on the material that we have been taught. We're never tested on things. You, you, you can't go and test a lawyer on things concerning air conditioners. Uh, you, you can't test a doctor concerning mountain climbing. Uh, you're only going to test them concerning the things that they have been taught. Well, Jesus is called Master, the Teacher. He sent the Holy Spirit into our lives to continue to teach us, to be able to hear whatever Jesus is saying, and then, of course, to teach it to us. And in life, at the end of a certain period of teaching in the classroom of life, we will be tested. We will be tested on the material that we have been taught. And we will be tested to see if it's just head knowledge that we've got, just simple learning. Or if it has really sunk down and it has become part of us and it been as an experience. Can you imagine someone going to school to be a mechanic and all they did was just simply read books? They never got in there and they never held the tools. They never actually tore apart an engine. It's very different for an individual that is just simply given head knowledge and someone that is given the revelation knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives in our lives and in the school of life, only that which lasts, only that which can be actually carried out in experience is going to be the thing that is going to be useful to us. Well, when crisis comes in our lives to produce hunger, to look for solutions and for answers, it means that a certain period of time of our lives... <clears throat> We have been under the teaching, under the guidance, under the, the training of the Holy Spirit. And God decides, okay, it's time for the test in our lives. So crisis comes. Crisis comes to reveal and unveil in us if what we have is real or it's just simply head knowledge. If what we have is going to show us is sufficient or where we are lacking. A lot of people can be great in their skills of uh, communication and, let's say, English, while others are great at math. So when we do take a test, a test will reveal or unveil to us what areas we are strong in and what areas we are weak in. 
We have to be strong in the areas of faith. We have to be strong in the areas of obedience and submission. We have to be strong in the areas of, of believing. But when the crisis comes, it's going to reveal unto us and it's going to show us the areas that we are weak in. And Paul, I mean, here's a good example in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he says, I knew a man above 14 years ago, you know, who was caught up into the third heaven. And, you know, of such a man, you know, I, I can boast, but whether he went in the body or out of the body, I'm not very certain of what took place. But man, this guy, he's come into revelations and visions and all kinds of things. And because of that, a messenger of Satan, an angelos, an angel, was sent to buffet him. So Paul, wherever he went, this spirit just stirred up the people left and right and people would wind up getting all roused up wherever Paul went and they'd stone him, they'd beat him, they'd throw him out of the city, they'd refuse to listen to him. And he goes, Lord, I've asked you about this three times and uh, I still haven't gotten the answer. And God answers him and says, I have answered you. My answer is, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, my strength is made stronger. In other words, uh, when you are revealed and unveiled those areas of your life that are lacking, the Holy Spirit in this story of Paul shows us that he he was lacking just in one little area right there. And that was that he needed grace. He needed grace to be able to continually everywhere he went. And once he was able to receive that grace, it became a light affliction in his life. Because when he talks about it in chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, he talks about the beatings and the false brethren and being hungry and being out at sea and shipwrecked and all this. And then, of course, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he calls them light afflictions. So we begin to understand that the crisis is also a testing period in our lives to see what is going to come forth of the image of Christ in us as what is going to still come forth out of the uh, and I'm going to use it carefully, out of the old nature, or I'll say out of the flesh, out of the soul. Things that are not eternal, things that are not based on that which is eternal, they're still temporal, and these things are not everlasting. They, they, will, not, they will not be part of eternal life. And those things, little by little, then they are weaned away from our lives. Little by little, they're, they're, they're taken from us so that we realize that these things are not important. They're actually weights, according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. They're actually weights that are hindering us running the race. They're, they're, they're weights, extra things that are hindering us from fully reaching the goal and the destiny that God has set for us. And in doing so, then many people 
will be too tired to make it to the end of the road. Many will not accomplish the goal because of these extra weights and also the sin that so easily besets people. So crisis in our lives is very important because it becomes an instrument to produce the hunger that is going to cause the search. Paul was hungry for a solution of what was happening to him. And he goes, God, I've asked you once, I've asked you twice, I've asked you three times. But the Lord did answer him. So hunger is going to produce in our lives <clears throat> wanting an answer. Excuse me, crisis is going to produce hunger. And that hunger is going to cause us to want an answer, a solution so as we begin to seek God and begin to search God for this answer, if we're seeking in the wrong places, if we're seeking in the wrong people, if we're seeking in that which is temporal, then we're going to run into a brick wall. We have to seek that which is unshakable and unmovable. The eternal word of God. In the logos of God, Jesus himself. So consider this. And once, once, once we begin to continue that search, then God will give us the revelation knowledge to know. It's just like Peter concerning the Gentiles. He didn't know about the Gentiles coming in. But God gave him a vision. God told him, don't call that which I have clean. Don't call it unclean. And all of a sudden, he winds up himself in a situation where he has to go visit Gentiles and be with Gentiles. But it is there where God gave him not a technical or a... Uh, uh, teaching, sitting down at some school somewhere, but he literally put him right in on the job training where the reality of what he was preaching on salvation to the Jews was also the reality of the Holy Spirit coming down on the Gentiles. Now this thing, now... It's not just us, but it's also them. And then, of course, when he was questioned about it later, he's able to respond and reply, Who was I to stop God from pouring out his spirit? So, see, we begin to see that God does answer. The time of crisis is going to produce, as we search and are hungry for an answer from him, is going to produce the reality of a thing. God is going to bring us to a place, whether it's in healing, for we know that He truly is the healer. Or He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Or He's Jehovah Nisus, our banner. We, we must not know it by theological or by, by just simple head knowledge. But we must know it by revelation. It's not enough to be taught about Jesus. I'll say it again. It's not enough to talk about and be taught about the historical Jesus. We have got to have the revelation of him personally in our lives as a Savior, as a Lord. 
as the King of Kings, as the Prince of Peace. We have got to have him in our lives and know him personally as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then we will understand, okay, I have the reality of my salvation. I have the reality of my Christianity. It's not just being taught. It's not just sitting at the feet of somebody and just hearing a message. But Jesus has got to become so real in my life that everything in my sight begins to fade away. And only Jesus comes into play. It's no different than when one is watching, uh, let's say, a certain thing or taking a, a picture or even listening to music and something is faded away so something else can replace it and take its place. Uh, sometimes when they're doing a slideshow or some type of a of a natural scene, the, the, the scene kind of fades away as something else pops in its place. Well, in the same way, our natural vision has got to fade away from what we're looking at naturally. And our spiritual vision has got to pick up on that which is eternal, what God has said, what God is saying, and what God can and will do according to his eternal word in our lives. And of course, that is what happened to and that is what we are looking at in Deuteronomy chapter 8. That these individuals were commanded of God. They were given the covenant and the, the terms of the covenant. You shall do this. If not, then this curse shall come upon you. If you obey me, you're going to have life. You're going to have long days. If you obey me, I'll bless you coming in. I'll bless you coming out. If you obey me, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour out the rain in its due season. But if you do not, when the testing came, and it revealed unto them, and of course God already knew, it revealed that their heart was not right. It revealed that they were rebellious. It re revealed that they were complaining, that they were murmurers, that they would not and could not keep the commandments of God. So when they were proved to see what was in them, and they were humbled by God to Reach the point where God, you know, I need this in my life and I need you more than I need this. Once reaching that place, then the difference can be made. Even when the uh, 12 spies went out into the land, notice their vision. What one saw, I mean, what 10 saw and what two saw. Two saw a complaint and a difficult task ahead. The test was... We can go in. And they said, no, we can't. The two said, yes, we can, even though it seems we can't. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination today as we continue our study in Deuteronomy chapter 8 concerning God leading us from one thing into another, whether it's from crisis to hunger to search to revelation, whatever he's leading us into in our lives, he wants to make it real so that we can serve him out of obedience and surrender. But until then, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. In Jesus' name, amen.